Hello, and welcome to a very special Halloween episode of No Expectations Podcast, Cutting the Cult Edition. Here we are with Michael Myers. I don't know where the hell James is today, but uh, we have this big boy coming in for a replacement today. Um, yeah, we're really excited. Um, I'm going to go. He smells like a dead animal. His mask is kind of weird. Is he trying to... I don't think he's coming over. He probably wants to ask for a ride home or something. Oh, shit. Hey, buddy, look. We're just trying to make a show here. You know, we don't... All right, I'm out of here. Fuck. All right, hey, just get the fuck back, all right, dude? Welcome to a very special Halloween episode of the No Expectations Podcast, Cutting the Cult edition. I just had a crazy fever dream where I was killed by Michael Myers right before this, but thank God we are alive and well for the time being. James Polovich here with me. How you doing, man? I am great. I'm I was great. I, In the dream, you weren't there. I just assumed Michael killed you. So it was a Michael dream. It was a Michael dream, yeah. Not Michael Jackson, but the other kind of dream, the Michael Myers dream. Michael Myers. Less touching, more stabbing, but uh, and less carousels. But um, it was pretty intense, man. You were there too, Max, but... Uh, Mm, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, anyway, but today we're not talking about Michael Myers, but we are talking about 1987's The Lost Boys, directed by Joel Schumacher, the late great master. Another this cult also, classic. Yes, a cult classic that we are cutting into today. And uh, this completes our Schumacher trilogy on the channel. So very excited to dive into this because this is a very interesting movie, and I think it was made an absolutely perfect time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for the 80s in general, like you, you cannot remake this film. No. Uh, I know they're planning on to, but why? Um, yeah, this is The Lost Boys. We got Kiefer Sutherland in here. Um, you know, the other... Oh, shoot, what the fuck? I'm drawing a blank on the actors. <laughs> I had a couple of drinks, boys. Jamie Gertz. Jamie Gertz, yes. Uh, we've got... Uh, I always forget the main guy's name. Jason, Jason Patrick. Patrick. Jason, Jason Patrick. Patrick. Jason Corey Patrick. Haim. Good-looking man. Diane West. Corey Feldman. The Corys. Yes, oh, Alex yeah. Winter briefly in one of his early roles, mm. pre-Bill and Ted. Which is pretty interesting. And yeah, the cast in this was fantastic. And then just Joel Schumacher, man. This is one of his best movies. I think Falling Down and This are my two favorites by Joel Schumacher. Yeah, I would have to agree. I would say my top three for him are Falling Down, Lost Boys, and Batman Forever. <laughs> Those are my top three. But um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. What I thought was so interesting was reading a little bit of some of the trivia about this movie. Richard Donner, who directed Lethal Weapon, was the executive producer on this. Richard Donner was actually ready to direct this movie himself, but he had way too many obligations still with Lethal Weapon. Really? So he gave the movie to Joel Schumacher, but it was almost a Richard Donner directed huh. film. I wonder how that would have turned out. It would have been very interesting. Yeah, I think I'm I'm happy with Joel Schumacher. I'm really take happy on with this. the way it went because also Donner was working the same year on Lethal Weapon, so we yeah, got two masterpieces, two great movies, mm -hmm. two legends. So super super fascinating. But yeah, um, Max, go ahead and give us the rundown on this movie for those who may have not seen it. All right.
right. So uh, it's a vampire movie. Yes. Uh, it was what, what year was this? Nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah. Eighty-seven. After moving to a new town, two brothers discover that the area is a haven for vampires, mm-hmm. and that place is like Santa Clarita or, or Santa Santa Clara. Clara. Santa Clara. It was actually filmed around right? Santa Cruz. Oh yeah, it's, it's an actual non-existent city, but you can you can kind of pinpoint where it is by looking mm-hmm. at some of the landmarks there. Um, yeah, I liked this movie. Uh, I don't think it lived up to the hype as much as everybody else thought. Um, Ooh, controversial hot I know, take. Ooh. I know, I got a hot Ooh. take on this one. Yeah, but you know what's kind of cool about this, though? That insults a lot of people. people what's kind of like cool about this, though, and I love it for cutting the cult because we are cutting into the cult status and reviewing these iconic movies and really getting to the nitty-gritty of what makes them great or what makes them overrated. And in this case, James and I are both fans of this, but mm-hmm. I love that you are a critic of this because we kind of get a little difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty cool. So tell me what you tell me what you don't like about it. Let's Let's hear about it. Um, I don't know. I th- I think maybe it was overhyped for me because I okay. I have so many people that are just such big fans of it. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, it was going to be this amazing movie, and just I don't know. I just didn't. I couldn't relate to uh, couldn't relate to it that much. I guess. Are you telling me you've never been a new kid in town that's run by vampires? I mean, I have twice, <laughs> like twice, age eleven, really? age sixteen. Yeah. Where where? Uh, well, it's kind of private, but yeah, yeah, Glendale. <laughs> I will say like uh like he says this like overhype another movie like that for me uh, no not for me oh, I love okay. this film yeah I love this another film. movie like you, uh, you probably have, uh, like you've heard me say this is uh, Pulp Fiction oh yeah I can see that yeah I'm yeah. not a it's overhyped for me it's, I think it's a great film but I don't think it's as good uh, well I think, I think it's th- great but when anything gets to that level sorry to interrupt you Max but when anything gets to that level where it's like everyone like worships it mm-hmm. it gets to a point where like i almost feel like you can only be disappointed especially with how critical we yeah. are of movies I think it's like whenever anyone's like oh it's a perfect film i have my idea of like what a perfect movie is and then i go in and i'm like ah oh. so mm. it's almost always a letdown when people overhype movies. that's why we have to go in with no, no expectations. expectations well i'm yeah. thinking when uh when i had seen it i was working for a production company in la and i was reading scripts and writing synopsis for these scripts daily so like five out of ten of the scripts that i would have to read were vampire scripts oh interesting. so i, I was kind of burnt time? out on the it was around the va- the twilight time mm-hmm. and uh i think i may have just been burnt out on vampire stuff and totally i, I don't know maybe i maybe i uh I, I rewatched it mm-hmm. and i <laughs> no no i it's still okay. don't like it it's okay i fun, feel like go ahead i was gonna say fun fact because speaking of twilight i was almost in twilight as an extra, yeah. as really? an extra, yeah. Tell us the story nice. of this. I didn't know about this. Um, there was an agency actually in Arizona, and they were doing um, like auditions or just extras, and you could literally anyone could have been there. Really? But we, I was like a high school student and a teenager. I didn't have a job, so I had to pay for headshots to order to get uh. in, and of course I didn't. And I mean, I probably could have just like done something really simple, but I'm. It would have been like kind of neat to be in, in a movie, course, yeah. even though it's one of the worst. Vampire movies. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. I know people love Twilight, but... James and Harvey mm-hmm. Weinstein got very close at that yeah, time. Very close. But uh, I hear Preteens love it. They don't talk anymore. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know. You never told me that. I, just, I thought James I has some secrets. I Are there any other movies James that you auditioned for, or... I didn't, like... No, I just, like, I remember the, after doing that one and seeing the price, like, I don't have money for this. I mean, especially, like, back then. Like, yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, they, they, there's definitely a barrier to Hollywood. Money's mm. one of them. Emmett and I submitted auditions for Star Wars Episode Seven. I remember, <laughs> really? And that's yeah. actually on the Unfaced channel. If yeah, you can to watch s- it. You can see our uh, our younger days auditions from 2013, that's which is crazy. pretty interesting. 
But um, man, I'm telling you, we would have saved that movie. But uh, I don't. <laughs> actually, I don't know if even we could save that movie. Those movies sucked. But um, anyway, let's talk about the Lost Boys. Yes. This movie, dude, in my opinion, in my humble opinion for um, vampire movies, this is one of the best. Because vampires are tricky. It's like you see how easily they can go off the rails and they can mm-hmm. get fucked up, a la Twilight or a la even Bram Stoker's uh, Dracula with Gary Oldman. Like that one had its moments, but I feel like it was ultimately kind of a letdown. But it was still, you know, it had a few good parts. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I feel like vampires are really hard to do correctly, and this is one that did it really well because it had a little bit of humor, too. That's what I was going to say. Like, this is what they did very well with this film is um, they added, like, the mix of, like, the genres. You can have some uh, comedy in here, especially with, totally. like, the Corys, like, the Frog Brothers and yeah. everything. They just added that uh, extra flair to the film. Uh, um, and then some very, like, scary moments as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was younger, I'm, there was parts of this film that used to scare me. Um, but now going back to it, of course, like, uh, nothing really fears me anymore. But he's, he's a tough motherfucker. I am. I did. Yeah, I know. I yeah. just did a haunted house last night and Ooh. nothing. You were the scary. You were the one scaring yeah. them when you went in the haunted uh, house. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Kicking these teenagers. Yeah, a whole bunch of teenagers. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Oh, that's about it. I mean, like with the vampire films, like there's only a certain amount of vampire films that I love, and this is like top of the top of the heap. top of the list right yeah. there. I mean, you got this. I love the Blade movies. Uh, people Blade hate too. on yeah. third one. I think it's fun. Um, and I heard then, Wesley Snipes was a nightmare to work with. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard too. He's like terrible, and especially when for the third film, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel wanted more screen time, and mm-hmm. he didn't want it. Uh, but going back to the Lost Boys, you know, yeah. just <laughs> I feel like what makes the Lost Boys so great is the exact time that it was made. Yes, had it been made five years earlier, still would have been great. Had it been five five years later, still would have been great. Anything beyond that, though, mm-hmm. it wouldn't work. I don't think. Yeah, there was something about 1987 and just that group of actors and that time capsule right there. Yeah, it's just absolutely perfect, man. Well, and this like, was the first movie that the two Corys were together. It yeah. was very correct. It yeah, was. and and also we were literally just listening to it before this, thanks to Max. Max, how about that freaking soundtrack, though? Even if you don't like the movie, how about that freaking soundtrack, dude? The soundtrack, I really enjoy the soundtrack. Yeah, dude. Um, and I one of the songs on there, what's it called? The uh, City Little Sister. Cry, cry Little Sister. You cry, Little Sister. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that that's the that's been sampled so many times. So Marilyn many Manson times. did a really cool. You literally go on uh, you go on Spotify and search up "Cry Little Sister" and it just says theme uh, Eminem theme song for the Wow Lost Jim Boys. Jones. Little B, so good, man. Mob but, deep, but yeah, this movie I remember seeing as a kid, and really enjoying it. And then I feel like there was a big gap where I didn't watch it again for mm-hmm. like a good, like I want to say almost like maybe eight or ten years. I and agree. then I started rewatching it again because I, I remember seeing it distinctly as a kid, probably when I was like ten or eleven, and really enjoying it. And then yeah, I didn't watch it again until I was probably like nineteen or something like that. And um, yeah, such a great movie. I've gone back and rewatched it quite a few times since then. Probably a good, you know, six or seven times. Well, that's weird because you have that gapage when you were younger. I have that gapage like now. Like yeah. the recently watched was like, like this last week. Wow. And uh, before that, it's been like probably like five, maybe almost. I want to say ten, but like you know, five been to eight years. It's yeah. been a while. That's why I really need a refresher. I was like, such I know I I've seen it a lot though, but yeah. I was like, you know, I'm I'm like happy to rewatch this film. It's been a while. And there's something about the vibe of it too. Like you were saying, you know how it balances like with a little bit of humor and a little bit of like campiness. Mm-hmm. They do it so well, though, and then they still get away with those dramatic, tense moments and the creepy moments. It's like a weird mixture of, like, a Tales from the Crypt episode and, like, Teen Wolf, and what? it somehow is, like, perfect. Throwing it like kind of reminds me of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Hey, fun fact I did about like that. that show a lot. When they say, um, oh, what is the, what is what do they say? They say, like, vamp up or something like that or vamp off or something mm-hmm. like that. They ended up using that, that phrase in... Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it was really? coined from the Lost Boys. I would say too, because like if you look at the Buffy the Vampire, I believe um, like their vampires look very similar to I can see that. Lost Boys. The way I heard one look. of the ones in the Lost Boys was actually 
molded after uh, Joel Schumacher. So there's that's one, that, there's one that lo- in the background, like in the gang, that looks like Joel Schumacher because hmm. it was actually tailored to look like him. But um, yeah, dude, this movie is absolutely fantastic. And um, there's just, I don't know, there's there, there's a vibe there that I can't think of many other movies that have a similar vibe. It's like, I would say like Teen Wolf, but Teen Wolf is like full comedy. Yeah, this one's not different. full comedy. I would say the closest thing will be, and I don't, I don't even know if, um, I don't know, uh, Fright Night. Okay. It was a, like Fright the old Night, 80s yeah. uh, vampire one. It's been a while since I've seen it. I remember I like remember the new one more than yeah. the old one with the new one with uh, Colin Farrell, which was, it was fun. You know it's, what this feels like a hybrid of? Lost Boys reminds me of a hybrid of Karate Kid and like American Werewolf in London mm-hmm. combined. And, like, uh, well, I was, actually, yeah, you're right. I was going to say in a mixture of the Goonies, but it's just because of the kids. I could see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and especially because you had like the Corey, the Corys, and the Corey Feldman, like right at the start of his prime from yeah. all his movies. Like this, it was this, and like you know, I mean, sorry, Goonies. This, this one of Kiefer's then... first big roles too. He yeah. had done he had done some other stuff too. He did another movie right around the same time. I want to say like eighty six or eighty seven, maybe eighty eight. It was it was give or take a year, literally, with uh, Michael J. Fox called Bright Lights Big City, which was a very good movie and very underrated. Never seen it. I have it if you want to borrow it. It's a great I'm one. Happy. But um, really, really good movie. And it was like those guys literally in their prime. And uh, I feel like nobody talks about that movie. But that's the only thing I can think of earlier than this that had Kiefer in it. Mm-hmm. But I think this was his breakout role that really made him a household name. Was he in um, Young Guns? Was he that, was, was in Young Guns. Was that first yeah. or that was, was like it after? Little, that was 90s. Okay. 89 then, or 90s. So it was this and then um, Flatliners, which is our Joel Schumacher film Oh, yeah. As well. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. they collaborated a couple times buddies, there. Yeah. yeah. I hear Kiefer Sutherland's a real fun, but also a real mean, nasty drunk. <laughs> like, but I feel like it would be fun to witness. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would yeah. probably be the first couple hours, and then he just gets a, yeah. becomes an asshole. Yeah, I feel like he and well, Mel Gibson. I would just love to like handcuff them to a table together and just like leave a bottle, bottle of scotch and there, a and cheeseburger, then, right and then like, front. and then yeah, and then two knives, and then like leave another bottle of tequila like under the chair and just see what happens. Just mm. see what, and like record it from like three different angles. But um, I will say the babe of the movie for me, and I think we can all agree, Jamie Gertz. Jamie Gertz, I think in this era specifically is one of the be- oh, yes. the most beautiful women on the planet. Like in, I, I totally fell in love with her in less than zero, mm. which was also the same year. A fantastic movie. If you guys haven't checked it out, but 1987 was like her breakout year and she is just stunning. Absolutely uh, stunning. She's a just star. a star in this movie. She is a star. Yes. Hey, I have a very interesting question for you guys. Um, based on that out of the whole cast of this movie, think about it. You got some icons in there. Who has the highest net worth? Out of all the cast in the Lost Boys, directors included. Mm. Directors included. Yeah. I, honestly, I think probably Kiefer though. Yeah. I would. You looked it up, didn't you? I did. That's so why I'm curious, Max. Who do you think out of the whole cast has the highest net worth? Uh, Let's just say just the cast. Forget director. Forget producers. Out of all these guys, who is the highest net worth? Kiefer got 24. Man, he's still starring a lot. Yeah, Kiefer has done a lot. Um. Diane West. Let me tell you. Yeah, tell me. I'm just taking a guess. So someone in this cast net worth is worth three billion with a B. No dollars. One more guess. Who's the billionaire out of the Lost Boys? Corey Corey Feldman. Feldman. Jamie Gertz is a billionaire. Jamie Gertz. Jamie Gertz, very successful actress, ended up marrying a multi-billionaire mogul. And he's like some, I forget what he does, but oh, she, wow. she, I looked up her net worth, $3 billion with a B. Jeez. Jamie Gertz is a freaking billionaire. <laughs> that is nuts. Isn't that she crazy? She doesn't really have to work. She's, she's working on a movie right now. Ooh. I Want You Back, 2020. Isn't that crazy? A billionaire with a B? And we're not talking 
you know, not three million. We're talking three billion. But uh, yeah, what a hobby. Oh, Scott Eastwood. Three billion and she's Jenny still working. Slate. Oh, there you go. We've got a nice cast of people in there for our next movie. I always find it interesting when someone doesn't have to work anymore and then they go and do like a really slutty role. Like I'm <laughs> always kind of like, all oh, right, what's going on here? A little midlife crisis, you know? Mm-hmm. I know Jamie's been definitely, mm. she's definitely done that. Marissa Tomei's definitely done that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Halle Berry, kind of. Like they, it's like almost like they get so successful and they're like, it's like they want to hang on to that youth. Jennifer Lopez and that like stripper heist movie, you mm-hmm. know? I don't know. They're hanging on to that ever fleeting beauty. I don't know. But yeah, Jamie Gertz, man, what a goddess. Mm. I'm going to join you with that real quick. Of course, of course. I think I'm going to pour myself a glass. Shout out to uh, Cazadores. Uh, this episode is unofficially sponsored by Cazadores. Tequila Repasado from Mexico. Go get yourself a glass. They are big supporters of the podcast. I'll pass that. I'll pass that. There you go. So I would also like to say, guys, thank you so much for sticking with us. We noticed that the subscriber count has been growing very slowly, but still growing. So we want to say thank you to all the new viewers, all the new Mm -hmm. subscribers. And, uh, yeah, definitely, like, share our content because we're working hard to make this stuff. And it's so much fun to make. Like We absolutely love it. And we just want to share our love of movies with the world. So thank you, guys. Old and new viewers, we appreciate you. And seriously, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, Even even if you're watching this, like, in March of, you know, 2035, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Happy Halloween, dude, because it's definitely, for me, my favorite holiday. I think it's our favorite holiday. Yeah, it's our favorite (laughs) altogether. And it just, I don't know, man, this year especially, it's been, like, really palpable. Just, like, the fun energy in the Mm -hmm. air. And I hope it's translating into the episodes because, like, this so far is just, like, a blast to do. Like, mm-hmm. shout out to James. He did most of the set design here. I mean, obviously, it was on Max's already fantastic studio where we got, you know, the Michael Myers mask. We got the we got the fog machine, which is pretty cool. But um, anyway, back It's the only holiday that has an entire store oh, that yes. pops up every yeah. year just dedicated mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, I mean, there's not pop-up Christmas stores. It's, it displays within mm-hmm. existing stores. But Halloween has its own pop-up stores. Spirit. It's, it's good shit. It's a popular holiday. What are you doing tonight for Halloween? What's everyone doing tonight? Oh, I'm not doing anything. Halloween's tomorrow night, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Tonight, t- Tonight's Saturday night as of the recording of this, so it's like the party night, but actual Halloween is tomorrow. So I guess I'm, what should I say? What are you doing for Halloween? I'm, ta- uh, I'm taking all the kids out. We got we got a group of like uh, six or seven kids and fine, fine. four or five parents, and we got a side-by-side, and we just go to a rich neighborhood oh, and perfect. Get those full hit as many houses bars. as we can. Yeah, I'm a big advocate of the full candy mm-hmm. bars to the trick-or-treaters. Oh, yeah. I'm taking uh, two of the kids out of my girlfriend's uh, little sisters. Uh, we're going trick-or-treating for a little bit, and after that, we're dropping them off, oh, and then we're having a Halloween party. I'm oh. dressing up this year as well. Very um, nice. Uh, yeah, you can probably guess who it is. Uh, you are going to be Nicki Minaj. Uh, yes, absolutely. Nice. Booty. Nah. Booty pop. I'm going to be Shaggy, of course. Do it. We'll I've been, do it. You gotta been do it. growing my hair out for you it. You got to do it. <clears throat> like, like Scooby Doo. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> really good. Yeah. Really thank you, good. thank you, thank you. Very impressive. Uh, I'm going to be Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. As you can see, not very much effort will go into it. It'll be very easy. I have a, uh, I have an American flag T-shirt that says Jujitsu on it. I got some big bulky headphones, and I got some fake sleeve tattoos. And it's a very low-effort costume, but I'm super excited about it. And I don't have to worry about uh, suffocating wearing a mask, so that's yeah. kind of nice. Yeah. But, uh, Max, do you have a costume picked up? Uh, well, my costume is a robe, a wizard's hat, oh. and a staff and an orb. You guess what I am? I'm a wizard. You are a wizard, Harry. And, uh, or you're a hairy wizard. Gandalf. Yeah, I'm a hairy wizard. I'm a mul- the mullet wizard of Arizona. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. 
it's fun. Nice. It, I just I try to stay away from masks because yeah, this like, mm-hmm. anything that's uncomfortable and I will, will want to yeah. take off. And it gets a little sweaty. Too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I usually think do if those. I'm at a place like that and I meet a lovely lady and I want to go like talk and stuff, it's kind of like it's awkward. You're like pulling off this mask and like mm-hmm. your face is all red and sticky and like it's just well, I don't know about sticky, but. Anyway, well, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's just uncomfortable, and, like, it's gross, and, like, it makes your beard all, like, go all over yeah. the place. And mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck this. I'm just going to go, like, as minimal effort as possible but still have something kind of creative. So I figured, out hey, Rogan. You know, I'm going to be a bearded yeah. Rogan. I'm going to be Rogan when he gets back from an elk trip. Are you going to be, like, unshaven. taking some testosterone? Um, who says I don't already? <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm not going to do anything crazy. But um, I might, uh, you know, I might get hyper from candy. It's going to oh. be a fun weekend. It's gonna Very be a good fucking movie. weekend. Well, let's get back to this movie. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we keep, but you know, you know what it is. There's so much going on this weekend. Mm-hmm. We're just like we're excited. We're like excited little kids. Mm-hmm. What's um, your What's your favorite uh, part of the movie? Favorite part of the movie, dude. The one that always, literally, when I think of the Lost Boys, I think of the Chinese food worm scene. I love that. Yeah, yeah where he's eating that, and then he looks, and it looks like maggots mm-hmm. or worms. Like he's inside. Like, yeah, how's your rice, Michael? Yeah, oh, yeah. or is it rice? Yeah. It's rice, and, and then he does yeah. worms afterwards. Oh, he does both. Yeah, he does both. Yeah, but he. Yeah, that scene for whatever reason sticks out of my mind. And then the scene I really, really, really remember from as a kid, like that is like really ingrained in my mind, is hanging from the bridge. Scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they they drop off into the fog. Like that's such a cool, interesting that cool. scene. Mm-hmm. That, was that scene, and yeah. then a uh, scene I like too is when uh, Alex Winter gets stabbed under in the caves. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Which you can still uh, I spoiler believe, alert. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, you can uh, I believe you can visit those caves still. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. They um, the tide goes up and down. <laughs> and so Alex Winter's still in there, guys. He is still in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> excellent excellent bogus <laughs> yeah but you have to go right when the tide goes up and down. like you mm-hmm. have to like time it right and then you're you're in the cave still it's kind of really pretty cool. badass mm-hmm. and also another scene that really stands out to me is just the whole opening sequence where they've got like the helicopter shot yeah. going around of the uh santa cruz pier there and then you get like just everyone and like the band on the bandstand with yeah. the like sweaty the sexy, greasy saxophone yeah, guy yeah, i heard there was a really really big earthquake in 1990 89 or 90 Let's say 90. And um, it destroyed that bandstand, and it also destroyed um, the, I believe it was the original comic shop. Interesting. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. fun fact. That's also, the, I heard uh, the guy who owns that comic shop, you know, that, that Vampire Hunters, like, yeah. uh, comic book that they have, he still has that, and he allows people to come in and take pictures that's of it, and cool. it's signed by the whole cast. Really? Yeah. And that's he still cool. has that, yeah. It's like the but, comic book place, like, is, is it still, like, an active co- comic yeah. book store? Yeah, that's from cool. what I understand. That's yeah. awesome. Well, but, the sexy okay. sax, man, that's actually uh, Timmy Capello. Um oh. He's like a, he's he's a trained musician, mm-hmm. composer, jazz pianist. Uh, he still does autographs. Does he? He man? does he. <laughs> just just as that character, people come see him as that character. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, no joke. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. Okay. He, he was offered the role after he was turned down a part in the Beverly Hills Cop Two. Oh shit. Like, hey, Joel Schumacher is like, would you like to put on some oil? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see what's so funny about it. I think he enhances the scene. I think he's. Well, yeah. sax is the sexiest instrument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know why Joel Schumacher said he wanted to make this movie? They asked him, they said, why Why the Lost Boys? And he said, because vampires are the sexiest monsters. Mm-hmm. And he said, Frankenstein's not sexy. Vampires, <laughs> sexy. <laughs> they almost casted uh, all of the vampires to be, like, children. Like, it was get, supposed to be, like, a vampire Goonies. Michael Jackson was very disappointed. That <laughs> makes sense for the – I bet the script even says that probably, huh? Because yeah. of Lost Boys. Oh, Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. Lost Boys, he got the um, – or they got the title idea from Peter Pan. Yeah, see? Yeah, which mm-hmm. I thought was super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't grow old. Would you like to get a little – we're not going to get right into it immediately, but I want to mention a alternate casting that almost was a reality. 
the um, character of David, plays by, played by Kiefer Sutherland, yeah. was almost, I kid you not, almost given to Jim Carrey. Jim really? Carrey. Yes. Yes. Really? That is a legit fact. Look it up. And uh, he had already been in the movie Once Bitten. Oh, yeah. And uh, they wanted Jim Carrey. And I think That's, that would have made a radically different vibe to the character in the movie and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bite you. <laughs> All right. That's so Michael. Weird. Yeah. There, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would anyway, be fun. It would have been wild. Yeah. But well, I, there's yeah. another almost alternate casting for this movie. Was there? I guess Ben Stiller in an interview with what? People Magazine. He was almost casted for uh, Kiefer's role or one of the two oh, Corys. Shit. Yeah. Ben Stiller, mm. dude. That would have been nuts. I, I could be wrong, but I think Polly Shore and Ben Stiller also auditioned for uh, Bill and Ted. Yeah, uh, Polly Shore did. I don't. Know, I don't know about Ben Stiller, but Ben Stiller, and he also did. He did another pretty significant one too. Oh, I think Ben Stiller auditioned for Ferris Bueller. I can see I that. Think, I, I can think. I can see that. Did. I correct me if I'm wrong on that one, guys. Fact check Ben on that one. But um, sometimes my facts start to run together, and then they're not facts. I'm going to lies. <laughs> But anyway, do you want to do you want to get into alternate casting? Yeah, we could actually do alternate casting. Let's do it. Um, I will. Do you want to kick it off? Or you want uh, me to? I feel like I always kick it off. You okay. you say it. All right. And then I kick it off. But let's, let's let you do it this time. You want to just alternate on characters? We both do them together. Yeah, let's do that. Let's That'd do be that. uh, that, yeah, like that makes it a lot easier. All right. So I'm gonna kick it off. And if you didn't do one of the ones that I didn't do, yeah, we'll just fine. we'll just skip it. Okay. So let me go to my thingy here. Lost Boys recasting. Ben Stiller. You mean Ben Stein? No, I mean Ben Stiller. Oh. <laughs> ben Stein wasn't Ferris Bueller, though. That was his breakout role. He was actually just a friend of someone on set, and he was hanging out. I don't know if he was friends with John Hughes or someone else, but he was literally just like a teacher in real life, and he was mm -hmm. hanging out on the set. And they're like, hey, can you be the voice of the teacher for this? And then they liked the way he looked, and they're like, and they're like why don't you just get in there? And then they're like, can you just riff about something you know? That's and he's funny. like, all right. He's like, I'm going to talk about whatever it was. I think he was talking about something from like Clear Eyes, right? No, he was talking about he was like, like economics or something like that. Well, voodoo he's an economics. Voodoo teacher. economics. Isn't voodoo that the guy? Is in the clear eyes guy? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Brian eyes, dry eyes. Um. Anyway, so yeah, that was like just a fluke that he got in that movie, and that like he became like an icon and like a celebrity from that. They're just hanging out on set, and they're like, oh, talk about whatever mm. you know. Anyway, so let's get <laughs> back to the lost place. <laughs> All right. So my recasting my the love of my '80s life, uh, Jamie Gertz. Um, I picked Mia Sarah from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, did you only do one Pearson? We'll just try it out. I only did one for that one, but I did okay. I did two for Michael and two for David. I though. did Jennifer Conley. Jennifer Conley. Jennifer good choice. Conley. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I also, for Jason Patrick, Michael's character, I picked two for this one. I picked Emilio Estevez yes. mm. or Robert Downey Jr. Not bad. Yes. No, I did just one. Keanu Reeves. Young oh, very Keanu cool. Reeves. Oh, I also put Andrew McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy. I don't know who Andrew McCarthy is right now. Less than zero. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> yes. I think I, I had less than zero on the mind. Um, You've seen less than zero a lot. Yeah. RDJ also could have been uh, Kiefer's role, too. I think he, I think honestly, I would have RDJ over for Kiefer's role. That's David. interesting. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, for Kiefer Sutherland, I also put um, Rob Lowe as David. Did you? I put Rob Did Lowe. You put Rob Lowe? <laughs> I put Rob Lowe, yeah. Cool. I had to think about it. I was like, wait, fuck. Yeah. Rob Lowe, Kiefer. Fun yeah. fact Rob Lowe and. Uh, Joel Schumacher worked together on St. Elmo's Fire in 1985, and if you look in, um, I believe it's Sam's room, uh, Corey, is that Corey Feldman or Corey Haim? I can't remember. Corey Haim's room. Corey Haim's room, you can see a Rob Lowe poster in there. Yeah. And they said that was because he, they just worked together two years before. Mm. So, fun fact. Uh, okay, for the two Corys, for Sam, I picked River Phoenix, and for Corey Feldman, I put, Sh I put Sean Astin. I got Sean Astin. Did you? For uh, Corey Haim. 
Okay. Corey Hames carried. Uh, actually, sorry, sorry. No, you're right. Corey Feldman, Sean Astin, and then for Corey uh, Hames, I put uh, Anthony and Michael Hall. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Solid choice. Really good choice, mm-hmm. actually. That would be awesome. Um, for Alex Winter, even though it's a small part, I picked Keanu Reeves because <laughs> Bill and Ted would just be funny to reverse them. Uh, I didn't do him. I think that's it. And I just have writer and director. Okay. I also did the mom's boyfriend. Who? Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Major, major spoiler alert. He is the main like vampire. Wait, what? <laughs> I picked George Car. <laughs> I picked George Carlin as the alternate casting. That actually would have been. I thought David Bowie. David Bowie, you picked? Yeah, dude, that would be fun. That would be good. Badass. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, boys, I'm going to take your mother out, then we're going to come back and we're going we're to drink become blood. a family. Yes, I'm the star man. Okay, uh, so writers, uh, the real writers for this movie, for the story are uh, Jan Fisher and James Jeremias, and the screenplay was done by Jeffrey Bohm. I picked Brett Easton Ellis for the story mm. and Harley Payton for the screenplay, who did less than zero. Uh, just for writer, I did. Uh, Tom Holland, not the not Spider Man. Tom okay. Holland, <laughs> uh, Mr. Stark, sir. Uh, uh, I mentioned this earlier. Fright Night. He wrote Fright Night, and he did uh, Child's Play. Oh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. That would have been a solid choice, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, for director, uh, I do think Richard Donner would have been super interesting. Um, but I picked, um, sorry, I picked Martin Scorsese because the year before he would have done Color of Money, and I just love that era of Scorsese. That was that. Yeah, it doesn't even feel like a Scorsese. I know, film. and I think. Just because of Color of Money and seeing how different that movie was, I would have loved to have seen Martin Scorsese do something like, like The that. Lost Boys. Yeah. It would he should really, really cool. do pick up like a horror movie. He did Shutter Island. It's the closest we got. <sighs> I like Shutter Island. You like Shutter Island? It's okay. People, it's it's over, it was overhyped for me, and um, the trailer like gave away the whole entire movie. I figured it out before oh, I saw yeah, it. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's, he's I was like, oh, he's a patient. Boom. Yeah. And then Sorry, for uh, spoiler, spoiler guys, if you haven't seen the fifteen-year-old movie, or twelve-year-old movie, <laughs> same thing with this. Um, as far as um, Producers, I also thought, even though Richard Donner was, did a great job, obviously, uh, I think it would have been cool to see Wes Craven or John Carpenter as an executive producer. I was thinking about John Carpenter. Yeah, or even even Tim Burton as an executive producer. Yeah. Not as a director, because he'd go off the rails with his style, but I think Yeah, I considered him as a director, but like you said, like his style and everything, yeah. I was like, hey, it would have been l- kind of a little, boring. way too much. Yeah, too it much would be a little, a little too, yeah. it would get too Beetlejuicy, yeah. you know? Um, director, did you do a director? Uh, Scorsese. Oh, yeah, that's right. Scorsese. Because yeah. um, we skipped to the producers. Director, I did Joe Dante, who did Gremlins. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I have like that fun. Dante. That like, could be fun. It, it's did he horror do both campy. Gremlins or just the first I one? Think, I believe he did both. I believe he did both. No shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a really solid choice because, mm-hmm. yeah, you can have the balance. You can have mm-hmm. the best of both worlds, the horror and the. Very cool. Yeah, that's my favorite freaking segment. I absolutely love that. I, I know you did. We're going to have a lot of those. pictures to insert <laughs> for, the, for that part. <laughs> we'll do the rundown real fast. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, this movie, like, seriously, though, I mean, even. You know, some movies is a little easier to do recastings than others. This one was kind of tough. Like, they mm. cast it very well. They did. It was mm. a really good movie. And like I said, that soundtrack was just absolutely perfect. And I heard one of the reasons why Kiefer Sutherland agreed to do this movie was because he heard that In Excess was going to be on the soundtrack. And he was a big fan of the band because he had spent some time in Australia. And he was like, oh, shoot, those guys are part of it. He's like, count me in for the mm. role of David. I remember you introduced me to In Excess. In Excess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, dude, they're fantastic. If you guys don't know In Excess, look them up right after this video. They are one of the best bands from Australia ever, and then I would say just one of the best classic rock bands of all time. Like, Michael Hutchins was an absolute genius, so check him out. Max, anything you'd like to add about the music to this film? I mean, 80s horror movies, soundtracks are just legendary. Yeah, uh, so That's good. when all these synthesizers started coming out, mm-hmm. and so they were using lots of uh, sort of uh, hybrid 
analog digital techniques. They're yeah. all recording to tape. So if you have like a synthesizer, lots of times they'll throw it through a, a reamp. They'll reamp the signal, throw it into a reverb chamber. And that's how you get these really like real, like kind of spooky uh, synthesizer sounds that you can't really get just out of the box when you're yeah. working with a, with a digital synthesizer. But uh, yeah, there's just all these legendary synthesizers and uh, composers that came out of that time. And a lot of it is these people are geniuses, but I think a lot of it is also that uh, the equipment that they were using mm -hmm. was just coming out of the woodworks, totally. all of this really cool stuff. It's yeah. just kind of a sign of the times. And um, yeah, this is one of them where you got really a really cool soundtrack like they were really collaborating closely yeah. with the uh it was a banger yeah it was a banger it was, it was really so good. good um just wondering do you have any other movies that you really like the soundtrack or a particular song from the soundtrack absolutely yeah totally one of my favorites that i always go back to you guys have heard me talk about a billion times but really fantastic soundtrack is from collateral the tom cruise jamie mm -hmm. fox movie that soundtrack dude absolutely fantastic it just fits the mood of everything perfectly and you've got a really diverse range of music it's almost like how diverse like los angeles is it's like you've got i mean you've got like hip-hop vibes you've got jazz vibes you've got you know uh mexican like samba you've got like uh you know music from like this japanese club and you've got uh, dude i mean like all over the place like literally all over the place and everything works perfectly uh, and then there's just some really great instrumentals in there too. There's a guy Tom Rothrock who does some really good guitar tracks in there, and like anytime Detective Fanning comes in, like there's that music playing, and um, yeah. So the Collateral soundtrack is absolutely fantastic. The Ferris Bueller's Day Off soundtrack, absolutely fantastic. John Hughes, fun fact about him that I don't know if we've talked about. I would love to dedicate more episodes to John Hughes in the future. Absolutely, because he's personally one of my favorite directors, and it's he's one of our. Uh, uh, first uh, things that we reviewed was a John's uh, yeah movie. our very first episode of No Expectations Video yeah. Store was um, Some Kind of Wonderful mm -hmm. 1986 oh. yeah. no 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 84 I think 84 he he didn't direct it though right he, he wrote he was it. a screenwriter screenwriter for it the, the director mm -hmm. escapes me because you know I don't, I don't remember who yeah. it was but he was he was a screenwriter mm -hmm. on that same as he was for Vacation he was a pr dude the same year he wrote the screenplay for Vacation he also did Mr. Mom like what a <laughs> prolific fucking screenwriter Love John Hughes. But what I was going to say uh, in regards to Ferris Bueller's Day Off and his movies, the reason the soundtracks are so good, I was watching some behind-the-scenes stuff on him. He had, like, this, like, genius knowledge of music, and he knew, like, all this obscure stuff, and he had a massive record collection. And they said, like, you had a question about the soundtrack. Like, Hughes was the guy. Like, he oh, just, wow. like, he was really good at compiling all, like, the perfect songs and finding these, like, lesser-known one-hit wonder bands, and mm -hmm. he was, like, a music guy as much as he was a movie guy. That's what, um, also, like, a person, like, a movie, it's newer-ish, um, um, Once Upon a Time in Ho Hollywood. Oh, hell yeah. I love the soundtrack for that. That's oh. like Quentin Tarantino, like, he knows when Amazing. to place Dude, that soundtrack, as well. guy's so good. Mm -hmm. That's, like, one of my favorites. I agree, I agree. That one, dude, that one, when that movie came out, and I saw it, and I absolutely fell in love with it, I think mm -hmm. it's one of the best movies ever for me, um, that, like, quickly made it to, like, my top ten. Like, I love that movie. Yeah. But um, I had that soundtrack in my car for like a month straight. Yeah, just I like have it too. It's bopping well. around mm -hmm. like so good, man. Bob Seger system, and freaking Deep Purple, and like a whole bunch of like obscure clips from like these LA radio stations from the late '60s. Like that, hundred percent, dude. That is one that's mm -hmm. right up there. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, obviously. Uh, um, Ben's number one is Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome mix. Totally awesome. They did an okay mix. job with the mixes. Yeah, some of the songs were a little cliche, but I, you know they did all right. 
Um, a lot of stuff John Carpenter's done, some of the instrumentals oh, yeah. are really good. I can't pick out, like, I can't say, like, oh, I'm going to go out of my way to listen to the Halloween soundtrack over and over again. But. Speaking of that, for Halloween Kills, I know we both saw it. Um, mm-hmm. And he, him and his, I believe his son. Yeah. They did the music for that. Yeah. Really, the, the new the new theme, it. really good. It's so good, and it's yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Like John Carpenter, like he, dude, he still has. He it. still got it. Yeah. If, still, if anything, even more. Yeah. Because he's got more stuff to work mm-hmm. with and more time. But the, the synthesizer in that one, oh my gosh! And the yeah. You guys should check out his Lost mm-hmm. themes. James and I have a few copies mm-hmm. of uh, the third one, but he's already done three albums, and he collaborates with the other um, mm-hmm. musicians. I forget their names, but they're all very synth heavy. Dude, he's a cool. very talented musician. Oh, absolutely. Like I would love to see him do a collab with someone singing. Like, I'd love to see him do, like, backup synth for, like, a fucking Marilyn Manson song or something. Ooh. Like, wouldn't that be cool? But another fun fact, Echo and the Bunnymen, who did the cover of People Are Strange by The Doors, uh, you can see a Echo and the Bunnymen poster in, I believe, one of the Corey's rooms as well. So, yeah, fun fact. Mm, nice. Fun fact. Um, okay. You guys, you guys know the song "Kiss Kiss from a Rose" by Seal? Yeah, it's yes. a great song. Did yeah. you know that was part? That was the original song for the Ro- uh, Batman and Robin movie. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> I went back and started watching the video, Kiss and I was just like, it's just blowing my mind. Isn't that amazing? The video is and also so crazy. I heard recently that for Bat- Batman Forever, um, they did a U two music video, and I can't remember the name of the song off the top of my head. But U two contributed a song to the soundtrack. And you can see Arkham Asylum in the back of one of their music videos, and it didn't That's and it didn't make cool. it into the movie, but it was actually made for the movie set. Huh. So if you want to see what Arkham Asylum would have really looked like, you know, I, I think you might get a clip of it in Batman Forever. I forget, but it's like a more detailed look at it in the YouTube mm-hmm. music video, which is kind of cool. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of lost stuff out there that uh, barely sees the light of day or never gets to see the light of day. Dude, another really interesting one, like kind of off topic for for this episode. But um, Eric Clapton recorded a James Bond theme song in the 80s for, um, was it Living Daylight? The one, one the Timothy oh, Dalton Timothy Dalton, yeah. Anyway, and they recorded a music video for it, but it was never released. And they, they didn't end up going with their song. They paid him for it, and they said, hey, we're just going to scrap this. So the music video got lost, and the song was never heard. Wow. But Clapton got paid for doing a Bond theme. But it's like, can you imagine how cool that would have been? Like 80s Clapton, like... Dude, it has, it's it's out there somewhere. It oh, I'm sure. It yeah, I'm sure. And they said the guy who re- who actually recorded the music video for them, the director, he has since passed away. And they said he would be the only one that would have a copy of it. And like he's been dead uh, for quite a few years, so it's like we may never see it. Isn't that frustrating? <laughs> it's a lot of things like that. Yeah, it's a lot of things. There's like so that. many like so much gatekeeping at mm, the Hollywood producers of like some stuff just never sees the light of day for just. You know, who knows the reasons? Yeah, Probably le- a lot of political re- reasons. A lot of red tape. Yeah. yeah. Eric Stoltz, Back to the Future. Yeah, a lot, dude, a lot of that's footage. Crazy. Dude, I would l- just fucking release it. Really? All right. If I could literally just be in control of these studios and say, okay, there are three movies I want you to release or like behind the scenes stuff I want you to release, I would say, number one, Eric Stoltz, Back to the Future. Get everything that you have, put it together as cohesively as you can. Uh, the Schumacher, Batman Forever Cut. Release that because there's supposed to be one that's supposed to be grittier and supposed to have like 45 more minutes of footage. Release that. And then I'm trying to think if there's one more. Boy. Really nothing exists from Superman Lives. Yeah. But if they if they, if they they did, yeah, put it out there. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Can you? Mm-mm. I was going to say Superman Lives, but I'm like, yeah, there wasn't really a lot. Yeah, it was just cu- screen tests. Mm-hmm. Dude, it was so frustrating. I watched that documentary. The one you told me about, Max, the, mm. the Whatever Happened to Superman Lives or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the Death of Superman Lives, that's what it was called. Yeah. Um, basically, they were like three weeks away from production. 
Like they were that close to making that fucking movie happen. <laughs> and uh, you know, this is the obligatory time to mention Nick Cage in the podcast because yeah. we have to mention Nick Cage. Did you want to um, talk about other movies that are similar to this? If you guys like The Lost Boys, other movies that people can watch that are in the same kind of style? Uh, yeah, we could do that. I mean, um, I'll say like, uh, vamp- like I wouldn't say like similar, but you know, good vampire films as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, would be the John Carpenter vampire. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that. you. Did you, I let you borrow. I watched I parts of it. I don't remember watching the whole thing. Yeah, I need you need to watch that again. That James That's Woods? James Woods. It's actually yeah. one of my favorite films. I'll go back films. and watch mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because I, I love Carpenter. So. Mm-hmm. And another similar movies like this. Uh, fuck, dude. It's really this one's like you can't really like. It's super unique. Yeah. You can't you can't pigeonhole it. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, I would I, I kind of already said it, but I'll say it again. Um, actually, it's it's not <laughs> it's not um the same style at all. But literally the freaking Karate Kid, man. Like yeah. you've got like there's something about that teenage moving 80s to a new angst, town, the dirt bikes. Yeah. Like there's 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 similarities to Karate Kid and the Lost Boys mm-hmm. that kind of go unnoticed. Um, I would say oh. definitely American Werewolf in London from Dust Till Dawn. From Dust Till Dawn, Dawn. Uh, one of my favorites. Yes, I would say. Oh, there's vampires up there. Um, I would say also actually Teen Wolf. If you enjoyed if you enjoyed this, you'd enjoy Teen Wolf, even though it's more campy and more funny and silly. Um, I'm trying the, to think of anything. The Lost else. Boys sequels. I'm just kidding. No, I ever fucking watch. Oh those. yeah, let's They're, talk about how shitty those, those are. Like I remember, like this we got Blockbuster uh, was yeah, uh, Blockbuster was open, so they were going straight to DVD. Ooh, throwback memory. Yeah, <laughs> I remember picking them up because I'm like, I love the Lost Boys, and I watched it, and it's like, they're they're fun, but they're they're god awful. Yeah, they're so terrible because like you have the Frog Brothers still in it. Yeah, and it's, but it's not and really enough to hold together their franchise. No. It's like what they tried doing with Tremors. Yeah, they get like that one dude and his wife, and then there's mm-hmm. like nine sequels, and you're like, it, the magic's gone, guys. Yeah. It's over. The season has passed, you know. But yeah, I don't know why they bother. It's almost like, did you know they made an American Psycho two with, with Mila, Mila Kunis? Kunis? Now I love Mila Kunis as not as much as the next person, but um, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I mean, American Psycho is a freaking masterpiece. Wasn't like the plot? She's like a fan of him or something. Like, I don't. I never remember. even seen it. I don't remember. I I just looked really mm-hmm. dumb. But um, I'm trying to think of anything else that would be good if you well, like I'm, Lost Boys. I was Boys. thinking Fright Night. It's oh, yeah. a Tom Holland movie. It was, it was made around, released around the same time. Oh, you guys were both talking about that. You mm-hmm. know, i got to be honest with you. I've never seen Fright Night. It's kind of like the opposite. Instead of a single person going into a vampire haven, it's a vampire is moving into a normal neighborhood. Oh, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the neighbors, the vampire. It's, it's a fun one. Like, I remember, like like I said, I remember the Colin Farrell one a little bit more because it's newer. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoyed that one. It got a lot of hate. But yeah. like. I think it's because like what's his name McLovin's in it and uh, okay. they were stupid, but it's a fun one. It's Wait, a they remade it. Film. Yeah, Fright Night with Colin Farrell. Yeah. Huh. Damn. I they do they made a sequel movie. to the the eighties one too, Fright Night Two. I've never seen it though. Can we kick up a little more fog? I want a little more fog. Yeah. Fog oh, I'm looking up. at Kiefer's face. I heard for being such a young cast. Another thing I heard from the uh, person who did the hair and makeup on this and the prosthetics. They said they were all troopers. They said like they were all really good about the heavy contact lenses because back in the eighties they were like these big Dude, thick contacts. They said, um, and also the face molds that they had to make. They said no one complained. No one, no one was like wimpy about it. They said everyone just like did their job and was super professional. Even though a lot of it was a lot of teenagers in this film. Mm. Get ready for the fog. All right, fog it up. Coke it up. Oh, it's on too long. (laughs) It's not working. That was on too long. Uh, All right. Well, we're gonna probably gotta warm up again. Yeah, forget about it. It's fine. Fog. (laughs) You know what fog looks like. Come on. But, um, yeah, so I will go back to saying that, like, I'm so glad this movie was made when it was made. Because if – I mean, just look at Hollywood now. If you tried to make another Lost Boys, which apparently they're going to do, um, it's not going to be that good. It's like, if anything, it'll be passable and you'll watch it once. But 
think of a movie like this how you can go back and rewatch this like every year. It's like they, good luck I'm trying just, to replicate that. I'm just curious what they're gonna do with it. Are they gonna make it modern or are they gonna bring it back to like the eighties? And it has all the kids from they, like Stranger Things, so I feel like a, they're gonna go leaning toward the eighties. Oh, they again. always fucking do everything has to be a Stranger Things kid and they can never set anything in the present because the present times aren't that interesting. So everything has to be in the eighties. And it's like as much as I love the eighties, they really lean heavy on that. Yeah. And it's like they, they have a really hard time capturing the essence of what it really looked like in those movies. And I don't know why, because you have video evidence of what the 80s looked like. Why did they have such a hard time replicating, replicating it? it. Mm-hmm. Like, I look at what they do, and it's like it's always like fanny packs and joggers and these fucking weird right, over-the-top people. And I'm like, there was a lot of, like, mahogany brown and, like, mm-hmm. weird darkness. And, like, the 80s wasn't all neon. There was a lot of neon. But, I mean, just go back and look at, like, tech noir from the, the club from the first Terminator. There's an 80s club. Like, go back and look at, you know, anything from Less Than Zero. Go back and look at anything from Ferris Bueller. I mean, like, look at look at how people actually dressed. Look at things like that. It's like, I don't know why they have such a hard time capturing the essence of the 80s. It's like they're fucking stupid or something. But Would you have a movie that did a decent job? That did a decent job? Um, hmm. I can't think of one. Of, ca- of capturing the essence of the 80s? Yeah. Man, they're really bad at it. Like, anything they make now, like I said, it's all fanny packs and joggers. Like, they can't mm-hmm. figure it out. Um, oh, man, an, a movie that made the 80s. Hmm. I really got to think. No. Yeah. I can't think of any. They do such a horrible job, almost always. Yeah, the only thing I can think of, like, they do they do a better job of uh, replicating the 70s. Yeah, that's, they do. That's the funny thing. Yeah, the yeah. 80s, it's almost like they're replicating people replicating it now as opposed to actually looking at what it really mm-hmm. looked like on camera. Yep. You can go back and look at a movie and be like, oh, let's just copy that. Even Hot Tub Time Machine, like they, it looked stupid it, when they yeah. went back to the 80s. I was like, Are you guys even it's trying? Like, what the heck? So, yeah, literally I can't think of any that do a good job mm-hmm. of going back to the 80s. They always go over the top with the hair and the bright colors. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I did not watch The Dirt with Mo- you know, the Motley Crue I heard movie. It's, I heard it's awful. Oh, really? Motley Crue yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, they made one called The Dirt on Netflix. Yeah. And I'm assuming majority of that takes place in the 80s. So um, I'm still going to watch it because like, I don't trust people's I like reviews, Motley Crue, and I like Machine Gun Kelly. So. Yeah, but he, he put like his wife in it. Um, Tommy Lee puts his he, wife in he there. He stop doing that. And she's, you know, Brittany Furlan. Who's you know who's notorious for that that we were talking about? Fine. Rob Zombie needs to stop doing that. Oh, yeah, the Munsters movie. Can we just talk about Let's Okay, so we've said what we have to say about the Lost Boys. Actually, let's give our rating. Oh, of course. Um. So for me, this is a five out of five. Five out of five, wow. Mm. Yeah, mm. this is a five out of five. Uh, for the cult status, uh, as far as cutting the cult goes, I think this, in my opinion, is completely worthy of its cult status. I think it's earned it. I think it stands the test of time, and a kid watching it now could fully enjoy it. Yeah, for um, a cult movie, you shouldn't touch it. Yeah, it's getting, totally perfect. So touched. so for me, yeah, believe it or not, this is a five out of five for me. I'm going to give this a four and a half out of five. It's really tough to give me a five out of five for wow, a film. Wow. But I'm giving it a four and a half. I, I really enjoy this one. I mean, like, I going back and watching it, there's some scenes that are a little silly, but I mean, that's because it's 80s. That's the charm. Yeah. It's the charm. But like, yeah, I, I love this. I, I I won't give it a five, but I see why you give it a five. I'm just going to stick with that four and a half. Yeah, the five is just because... Um, personally, I think it's a great movie, and it's fun, and the rewatch value is one of the biggest things for me. Yeah. Yeah. This could be one for like every every year. Every year, hundred percent. Hundred percent. I would uh, I'd give it a three point seven five out of five. Wow. I said I didn't have like a, it wasn't. It's like I don't know. It's not my favorite movie. You went in with big it's not that bad. I had I had expectations, which is yeah. where I fucked. Did you up. see it only as an adult? I've only uh, I've only seen it as an adult. Okay, I think so that might be a factor. I don't have any nostalgia factor. Yeah, yeah I've tried it five or six times. Heavy. Yeah, I, it's it's good. It's not my favorite movie. 
3.75. That is okay. It's rare to get a 5 it's out of 5 bad. for me, but uh, nostalgia is definitely a, mm-hmm. a a big factor for me, for sure. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. 5 out of 5. The kills were cool. The kills were very the cool. The kills were cool. Yeah, they did a great job. So if you guys have not seen The Lost Boys or if you haven't seen it in a long time, go back and rewatch it for the Halloween season or any season because it's just a great movie. And uh, much respect to the late, great Joel Schumacher. I think he will live on and he'll always be a name that we talk about specifically because of these few movies he yeah. made. Um, his best stuff, like I said, Lost Boys, Flatliners, Falling Down, and then, of course, Batman Forever. 8mm. An 8mm <laughs> sucked. No, we don't talk no about offense, that. Joel. No offense. Uh, what were we talking about, then? We are going to say something else? Oh, we were talking about uh, Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie, um, yeah. yeah. his movies are just... Like, here's my thing. Rob Zombie is a musician, really good. I've seen him live. He's He puts on a good show. He's a good musician. Um, I like his stuff. I like his music. As far as a director goes, I really could take him or leave him. I, I will say... I don't really care. Two of his movies are really like House of Thousand Corpse and Devil's Rejects are like Devil's Rejects is really Never good. Never saw I, Devil's Rejects. I think you would enjoy Devil's yeah. Rejects. His wife is in there. I saw but House of a Thousand Corpses a lot, like when it came out and on video, mm-hmm. and I was like, it was all right. It's all right. It was okay, but the, um, the sequels, everything else he's better. done, I'm just not that big of a fan of his films. Like I said, great musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll rock out to some White Zombie any day. But um, as far as his movies go, I feel like they're just they're. I don't know. There's something lacking in them. They feel like they're hollow. He he talks about like how he's like a super fan and everything, and yeah. but he just doesn't. His stuff's too cold. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't give that like good yeah. representation of it. Well, it, we'll see with the monsters, cool. but I'm already like I already not not for it. I already hate it. My my thing is, it's like I look at it. The fact that Tim Burton's doing an Adams Family, I'm actually excited. Like I really like the Adams Family. Mm-hmm. I love the monsters too, but I, I think Tim Burton, you know, if he doesn't go overboard, it could be really enjoyable. And yeah. I, I'm definitely, I think he has more capable hands for dealing with a franchise like, like the Adams Family. Rob Zombie doing the monsters though, I'm looking at his casting choices and I'm like, dude, they're, they're, it's just they're his awful. friends. They're it's awful just his friends. Like they look dumb. I mean, it's cool, like you know, having your wife and everything, but at the same time, like you got to be a cameo. Like you got to think though. of the audience, you know. Adam Sandler puts his wife and everything. And it's always like a cameo. Yeah, it's like she has like two or three lines, and like that's cool. That's fine. But giving her like a huge role, like Lily Munster, like that's iconic. That's um, oh, what was the original actress's name? It's escaping me. Ah, oh, I feel bad. Hang on, I'll look it up. I'll know it as soon as I see it. But anyway, she was absolutely um, Morticia. Something no, DiCarlo. Um, ah oh, man, it's on top. Of Adam's me. family? No, Monsters. Monsters. Oh, Monsters. The original actress. Ah, uh, some it's something DiCarlo. Uh, it's uh, Yvonne DiCarlo. Lily Munster, played by yeah, Yvonne uh, DiCarlo. Yes. She was fantastic. So it's really she really set the gold standard mm-hmm. for like that like type. And also the original Adams family Morticia was great as well. Uh, and they were like back to back. I think the original Adams family came out in 64 on TV and the Monsters came out in 65. So they were like almost copycats but they were at the time equally as successful. Yes. But I I love them both. I love them both in their own way. But um I think they need someone who's a little more capable of doing comedy cuz the Monsters were a comedy sitcom. Yeah. It's like Rob Zombie's coming in and I feel like he's not going to be able to handle the comedic aspect of it. I feel like we need, like, if you're going to make Rob Zombie doing the visuals, which already, like, makes me cringe a little bit, you need someone like um, Will Ferrell as an executive producer. You know what I mean? That would be good, yeah. It's like, I feel like Will Ferrell actually would have been a really good uh, Herman. Or Jerry yeah. Seinfeld. Or we Jerry said also, Seinfeld, also yeah. we said, because uh, we thought originally it was going to be Jeff Bridges, but it's like Jeff Bridges. Something. Oh, Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels would have been a freaking yeah. great Herman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, who do you think would have been, let's let's do an impromptu Munsters recasting. I would put I would pick yeah Jeff Daniels or Will Will Ferrell. I think we're still gonna go with Jeff dude, Bridges or Will Sasso as Herman. With the right director. With the right with director. Because look at what happened with Three Stooges. I think yeah. like he I mean he was fun in there, but I'm like it's, yeah. it was 
not good. Will Ferrell would be freaking great. Yeah. Will um, Ferrell as like the Frankenstein. Yeah. Will Ferrell would be great. Yeah. He'd be really good. Um. Okay. How about for Lily Munster? I can't even think of anyone. Ooh. Lily Munster Dude. would be. Uh, you know, I w- I'm gonna go with like uh. Ooh, no, because then you. Tina Fey. Who's the mom from Modern Tina Family? Tina Fey would be good. Tina Fey would be good. Or even if you want younger, Margot Robbie. She's good with makeup. That's true. She's very young, though. Mm-hmm. But her, like, as Harley Quinn, it might be a little much. Tina Fey would be really good. Oh, no, you know who would be really good? Amy Poehler. I think Tina would have more I of an edge, I though. think Tina. I can't, see, dark I can't see Amy Poehler in this. The kids, they'd fuck, they always fuck up the kids. The I, don't, kids I don't really see, care. Yeah, no. Amy Eddie Schumer, how about that? Oh, my favorite. <laughs> Love Amy Schumer. Um, as far as the normal um, cousin, uh, what was her name? Beth or something like that? What was her name? Um, she, uh, that you could uh, you could pick anyone. I don't know. Actually, Margot Robbie would be funny in that role. <laughs> because yeah, that would be better. Yeah, that would be funny. Uh, um, Grandpa. Uh, Grandpa Munster. Uh, I would say. I'm gonna, oh man, if he was a little bit younger still. Oh, it would be boy. Christopher Lloyd. I was thinking that too. Yeah. But he, he was um, Uncle Fester. Yeah, I know. Who cares? I, I would say, uh, oh boy, Al, Al Lewis was the name of the actor who played oh, you know uh, who, Grandpa uh, Munster. Um, Alan Arkin. Oh, that would be actually really good. Yeah, I don't think it would be that bad. Um, I'm trying to think of any others. Um, <laughs> Christopher Walken would be fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah, cross my mind. <laughs> Christopher Walken <laughs> would be badass. Uh, and then any random kid for um, Eddie Munster, because they always fuck up the kids. Yeah, you can just get an unknown, honestly. Yeah, unknown would be fine. Um, he, I mean, Eddie, the kid that played him, did a good job. Mm-hmm. He ended up marrying one of his fans. There was a fan that obsessively would send him um, like love letters like all his time growing up. And then by the time he was like in his twenties or thirties, he like met this super fan, and they ended up fucking getting uh, married. Another actor did that before uh, too. I, I can't think yeah. of that. But Eddie Munster married mm-hmm. a, or married a super fan, but uh, I heard they're making a new Bride of Frankenstein movie. That'd be good. Hopefully, yeah. I love Feruza Balk. She's so beautiful. I don't because if it's man, because Universal it's under the Bloomhouse umbrella now for the monsters. That's kind of cool. Yeah, but uh, look at Invisible Man. Oh, Invisible. Yeah. 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 But they did the Halloween Kills. I enjoyed Halloween Kills. It was a good one. I thought it was yeah, solid. Yeah, but he's, he's not the universal monster. I didn't I didn't enjoy Halloween Kills that much. I, I enjoy it. Michael. I thought it was great. Yeah. I love Michael. I love everything. The town was dumb. It was, well, yeah. I mean, I kind of went in with that expectation of it. It actually exceeded my expectations because I went in, not even with no expectations, I went in with low expect- expectations. And um, the kills were awesome. The only thing that's different, though, that they do with Michael now that I, I enjoy watching at the time, but it kind of kills some of the rewatch value. Is um, there's no suspense anymore, really. Yeah, it's just, just, kill, it's just, just killing. Kills. Yeah, it's just killing. Michael's almost like a typhoon coming through, just like yeah. killing people. He's like a force of nature, you know? And before it was like the suspense and the emptiness was used to the advantage. Here it's Michael's just fucking killing, killing everybody, people. which I enjoyed. I enjoyed, but it's it's not the same as, you know, the originals. And you can you can really feel it, you know? And there's no one grounding the movie like uh, Dr. Loomis' character. Yeah. There's no one like guiding the mm-hmm. story. The story is kind of like irrelevant. It's just literally just, oh, how can we put Michael in a situation where he can kill people? You know, but I still love Halloween Kills. Actually, Halloween Kills made it into my top five <laughs> Halloween movies. I would say it's in my top five, but I didn't enjoy it as much as because I mean you can't really yeah. see much. It's it's just the kills. Yeah, just the kills. Like I love like like it's like the 2018 Halloween for me. Um, I didn't like I didn't, that one as I didn't much as like this it. One. Yeah. I didn't think it was that great, but I love Michael. Like anything like Michael on the scene is just like he just steals it's the great. whole show. Yeah, he yeah. steals the show. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, though, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's right up there with H2O for me. I really enjoyed H2O. I think I like H2O a little bit more. I got to watch H2O again. H2O is a good one. A lot of people shit on it, but I liked it. I liked that it was a continuation of the story 20 years later, and they kind of forgot everything in between. But, um, anyway, guys, I think that's all I have to say about that. But, yeah, Lost Boys, fantastic movie. Go check it out. Watch it. And, yeah, um, yeah let's, let's do a little talk about what we're going to do for the month of November. It's going to be fun. Very fun. We've... Yeah. Uh, 
uh, name dropped him earlier. He was going to be in this film. Mm -hmm. And who is that, Ben? Guess. I'm going to give everyone five seconds to guess. I know. I know. All right. You, sir. Jim Carrey. Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. Everyone's favorite. The month of November 2021 is going to be entirely, exclusively dedicated to Jim Carrey for all of our No Expectations podcast yep. episodes. So we're going to – I'll give you a little hint. We're going to do Cable Guy. We're going to do The Majestic. I'm not going to tell you anymore, but it's going to be fun. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know what is going to be the first one that we're going to kick it off with. I can't promise that it will be one of those movies, but perhaps it will be. And, uh, yeah, we're all big Jim Carrey fans, specifically 90s and early 2000s Jim Carrey. So be ready for that. And, um, actually, if anyone does want to watch along with us, should we pick which one is going to be our first Jim Carrey movie? Actually, yeah, we should. Um, I do you want to just no? Because I want to end it with that one. Let's do, want to do the green. What? Green, green guy mask. Oh, you want to do the mask? We'll do the mask. All right, we'll do the first mask. That's yes. my favorite. Let's yeah. do the mask. It's a little we'll bit because it's still like because that was a lot of people's first introduction to him aside mm-hmm. from Ace Ventura. Yeah, and it's still close to like because I mean Halloween's over, but it, you know someone yeah. in a costume would be the All beginning right. of so it. So we will so do the mask we'll with Jim Carrey if you guys not to be confused with Eric Stoltz mask and depressing, but uh, <laughs> you ever see that movie? I don't, yes. don't want to watch oh, that. Oh, so sad. Don't watch it. Very, it's so uh, sad, dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to watch Jim Carrey's Mask movie. So definitely add it to your watch list, guys. And be kind. Rewind. And subscribe. Happy Halloween, guys. Ooh. I'm excited for this episode.